Welcome to worship again, everybody. Welcome and happy Easter. Um, is, I'm just making sure that everyone is muted so that we're not interrupting each other. I want to make a note also that we're recording our worship this morning uh, and you'll be able to take this all in again if you, if you want to tomorrow and then anyone who isn't joining us and also uh, experience our Easter worship together. Uh, thanks be to God that just has, as spring has insistently and persistently arrived, Easter cannot be stopped. We're grateful for this time of worship together, even though we can't worship with each other in person. Um, uh, if you are wondering why you're muted, um, that's so that we can't interrupt each other, but we will again have an opportunity to have fellowship with each other after worship is, is complete. And we do invite that if you have prayers for our time of prayers a little bit later, you can type those into the chat box now or, or during prayers. And uh, Melanie will be, will be monitoring those and making sure that uh, that we, we offer those into prayer in the context of our worship. Um, and then during our fellowship time, there will be, as, as I said, a chance to fellowship. And our prompt for this week is, what are you doing to celebrate today? What are you doing to experience the joy of this Easter season? What's bringing you life and hope and joy? This week, as every week, we acknowledge that uh, wherever we are, across the city, across the state, and even across the country, we gather on the land of First Peoples. Here in Seattle, that's on the lands of the Duwamish, a tribe of people still alive and thriving as much as any of us can right now in this city. And if you are not in Seattle, or even if you are, I encourage you to look up the, look up the web, website nativeland.ca for an interactive map on who are the first peoples of your nation. And you can see a little bit more there too about language and, um, and how those, those peoples overlap. It's a really interesting um, project. Our gathering music today is uh, a classic. We tried to pick the real Easter gems for this Sunday and, East, and, uh, and Robin and Mike are going to lead us in our Easter music today. The hymn is Christ the Lord is Risen Today, and you are invited, you will stay muted, but you are invited to sing along and sing along heartily from wherever you are. Let's begin our worship in song. Okay, sorry, I was having trouble unmuting. Mm -hmm. Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. All creation joins to say, Alleluia. Raise your voice and triumphs high. Sing, oh, heavens and earth reply, Hallelujah. Love's redeeming work is done, 
sing alleluia dying ones he all does serve alleluia where thy victory Soar we now where Christ has led, Alleluia. Following our exalted head, Alleluia. Made like him, like him we rise, Alleluia. Ours the cross, the grave, the skies, King of glory, soul of bliss, Alleluia. Everlasting life is this, Alleluia. Be to know thy power to Alleluia. Thus to sing and thus to love, Thank you, Robin. I, for one, was singing along heartily uh, behind my screen, perhaps to the chagrin of Naomi, who is sitting off screen. I'm going to begin, uh, before we do our call to worship today, with uh, an Easter blessing from Jan Richardson, and this is from her book, uh, Circle of Grace, which has many wonderful blessings for uh, throughout the church year. This is called Scene for Easter Day. You had not imagined that something so empty could fill you to overflowing. And now you carry the knowledge like an awful treasure or like a child that curls itself within your heart how the emptiness will bear forth a new world you cannot fathom, but on whose edge you stand. So why do you linger? You have seen, and so you are, already blessed. You have seen, and so you are a blessing. There is no other word you need. There is simply to go and tell. There is simply to begin. People of God, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And now I am going to unmute everybody. And I invite you when I say Alleluia to respond with your Alleluias. I invite you to respond many times, as joyfully and as loudly as you like uh with your alleluias and, and i'm trying to find where the unmute all is and i can't if maybe if megan you can take a look for that unmute. Please. Alleluia. 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 i'm asking you uh, alleluia. 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 
I've muted us now. I'm sorry. I would like that to go on forever. <laughs> Me too. I was loving those singings of the Alleluia Chorus. I know we can't sing together today, but it is so, so good to hear your voices. We light our peace candle this week and every week to acknowledge that we both witness to and participate in God's uh, vision for a just peace for all of creation. Today, as I light this candle, I pray in particular for the ways that systemic racism is highlighting the inequality and injustice in our larger social structures, the way that COVID-19 is affecting so much more profoundly um, communities of color and in particular African-American neighbors who we already knew um, were marginalized and systemically um, excluded from things like insurance from from all of the other systems that that we're able to access often those of us who are white uh, easily and without thinking so together i pray for the ways that people who are marginalized are experiencing this so so much more profoundly pray that this may be an opportunity an opportunity for for us to use our privilege, not only to pray, but to act in ways of justice. And together we pray, we long for peace. We pray for peace and we choose to live for peace. And I offer the peace of Christ to you. Peace be with you and also with you. I just love seeing your hands moving in those screens, offering each other the peace of Christ. We're going to continue our worship in singing. And um, for this, you might want to turn on your gallery view because the invitation to you right now is, uh, as, as Robin is leading us in song, we're going to sing Low in the Grave He Lay, otherwise known as Up from the Grave He Arose. And as you're singing, yes, you are invited to stand. So if that means that we are looking at your torso while we're singing, that's okay. We're going to, we're going to try this. You're invited to stand and sing uh, low in the grave, uh, up from the grave heroes. If you have a hymnal at home, and I know some of you do, that may be helpful. <laughs> are you okay? It's 273 in the hymnal. There you go. Jesus, my Savior, waiting the coming day. Jesus, my Lord, up from the grave he rose. With a mighty triumph for his foes, he rose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Did she do good? Mainly <laughs> they watch his bed. 
Jesus, my Savior, vainly they seal the dead. Jesus, my Lord, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Death cannot keep its prey, Jesus, my Savior. He tore the bars away, Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with his saints to reign. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah, Christ arose. Well, that felt a little like joyous chaos uh, from my part, <laughs> but I did, I did very much enjoy <clears throat> seeing Megan, especially raising her hands <laughs> in hallelujah. It was quite lovely. Uh, for our time with children today, some of you may have gotten the note that I encourage you to have a piece of paper and a marker handy <clears throat> uh, for this for this time uh, together. We're, I'm going to start with a blank piece of paper, and on on my piece of paper, anyone who's a reader will be able to see what I'm writing. And if you're not a reader, you might want to make the kind of face where you know what this says. Oh, you know what, I'm just realizing, hold on a second. I'm gonna try something different. It says, oh no, it says, oh, no but you're seeing a mirror image of me, so I'm gonna try something. I wrote it backwards so that you can see it the right way around. No, no, no. Amy, you're seeing a mirror image of yourself. I'll see you as you are. Okay. Then I won't even worry about it. We'll start with the, with the original one. So you readers will be able to see, thank you, Adam, that this says, oh, no. And the reason that I wrote this, oh, no, is because, one, a lot of us are feeling that kind of a feeling right now. We're feeling maybe uh, uh, sad angry, upset, helpless, a lot of those different kinds of feelings. So if you have a paper at home, you could write your oh no, or you could write the feeling, you could make a, a, a face that maybe expresses that feeling. I know that that's what Ori does. If he wants to communicate with me, sometimes that he's, that he's mad at me or he's upset, he will just, he'll, he'll make a note for me and it will just be his face feeling sad or angry. And around that, oh no, I invite you to write or make some more pictures of the things that are making you feel that way. What is making you feel sad? What is making you feel angry or helpless? 
you could write or make pictures of those things around here. Maybe it's someone you're missing this Easter Sunday. Maybe it's something that you wish it, were wishing that you could be doing. So write some of those things. I heard Naomi say swimming. That's a great one. I'm, I'm missing being with and singing with my church family. So I'm making some music notes on mine with my pencil. I'm missing my parents coming to visit. They were going to be visiting this week. That's another thing that I that I miss. I'm giving hugs. I'm feeling sad that I can't do anything to help people. That I'm in my office all by myself. So, so those are some of the feelings that we're having. Those are some of the feelings that we're having, but here's what we're going to do. On another piece of paper, I'm going to pick a brighter color. You can keep working on that one if you want to. Our feelings are not going anywhere. On another piece of paper, I'm picking a nice bright color. I hope it looks bright to you. It's super bright to me. I'm going to write the word hope. Hope is a little bit of a hard word to explain, but the way I think about it, it's the things that we really want, the things that, that we want to happen, the things that we think might happen, the things, hope is the feeling that we get when, when there's something that might happen, something that we care about, something that, that will be wonderful, and, and that that's, that's what we really want, that's what we hope for. And on Easter, and Pastor Megan, or Caitlin and Zach first are going to tell a story, and then Pastor Megan is going to talk about the way that Easter, even though there's some oh no there, there's some oh no at Easter, because people who first came and found an empty tomb, that was scary. That was scary and fearful. But there was also a little bit of hope. So on, around this word hope, and you could write, you could also make a a picture of what it feels like to feel hopeful. I'm just going to make a little smile. And then around that hope, that word hope, you can write the things that you do hope for, the things that you're going to do once you can leave your house, maybe the things that we'll do once we're together as a church again. Those are the things that we're feeling hopeful about. Amy, can I have a pause here for a moment? Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt with a technical difficulty, um, but we were pretty sure that we had upgraded our account to um, have a maximum of 500 participants instead of 100. Um, but we now have a family um, that accidentally got out of the Zoom call and they're trying to re-enter and it shows that we are at our 100 comp capacity. So something went awry because we really should have a 500 person or screen capacity, but we don't appear to, or at least not right now, it's not working. So the, the request is those of you, um, those of you who are in the same home, if you're on multiple devices, I know some of you maybe have to do that for a variety of reasons, but if it's possible to consolidate around a screen that will allow us to have more people um, be able to join us. Again, I'm really sorry for the technical difficulty. We tried, we knew we were on our way to getting over a hundred, which is why we paid extra 
to get the 500 capacity and I'm not sure why it's not working, but this is our first test. This is the first time we went over 100. So, um, so anyway. It looks like John and Hannah are back in now. That's really wonderful. Yeah, but it was John and Hannah who weren't able to get back in. They were getting a message. Um, but thank you everyone for, for working with us. <laughs> I see it, we're, we're back down to 95. So hopefully, thank you for those of you who, who joined up with each other. Um, we do love having you. And we, we'll, we'll do our best to fix that for next time. Um, while we were, while, while Pastor Megan was talking about uh, those technical difficulties, I put a few things around my word hope. One of them is friends. Uh, oh, I didn't put on here, but I, I want to put going to restaurants and eating at, at restaurants. I put school, because I don't hope to go, go back to school, but I do hope that uh, our children can go back to school. I drew a little picture of arms because I can't wait to give hugs again and I'm hoping for hugs. Um, and something that's giving me hope, I put a little leaf here, something that is still giving me hope is that the flowers keep growing and the plants keep blooming and my garden is getting bigger and bigger, even though it is still just very tiny. Those are the things that are giving me hope, even though a lot of the time I have this feeling. Easter is a story about this feeling too. So thank you, I hope, uh, I hope that you are doing that with me. And that's a way, oh, Pastor Megan has one. Pastor uh, Megan. Megan, you can use your voice to say hi if you want to show that picture up. Um, and one thing that if you'd like to, during our fellowship time, share anything that's on uh, your hope, uh, your hope paper, that would be a good way of saying what you're celebrating this day too. I think we're ready to hear the scripture. I'm gonna let Kat, Caitlin and Zach unmute yourselves because you're not immediately evident on my screen. Okay, so the scripture this morning is from Mark chapter 16, verses one through eight. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he did. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks, Thanks be to, to God. God. Thanks be to God. For this Easter Sunday morning, my sermon in a sentence is this. Fear is not the final word. You are 
uh, I am finding that pretty much every one of my sermon in a sentences has a semicolon. It does allow for more content to get in there. Fear is not the final word, you are. But before we get there though, we have to get there. And so I'm gonna explore um, why it is that fear might even be the possible final word. Um, and it has everything to do with that last verse that Caitlin and Zach just read for us, which is the last verse of the Gospel of Mark. It is the end of Mark's Gospel. So they went out, the women, so the women went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. I have always loved Mark's Easter story. It's uh, it is my favorite, perhaps, of all the gospel Easter stories, and I'll say a little bit more on that later. But for now, I want to say that this year, one of the things that struck me is that the very last word of Mark's gospel is afraid. The very last word. They said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And gospel means good news. That's what gospel means. And its final word is afraid. It's a strange bit of good news. Um, there was some discussion a few weeks ago among pastors, Mennonite pastors, but many other pastors, ecumenical pastors. Um, I don't, I, I, I wonder, I think the conversation probably shifted in the last couple of weeks, but a few weeks ago, you know how the world changes. It feels so dramatically from day to day and certainly from week to week. A few weeks ago, um, one, of the, one of the conversation points among pastors was, should we perhaps postpone the celebration of Easter until we can all be together again in the space? Um, and I think the reason the conversation was happening at that point is we didn't quite know how long a haul we were in for um, with these physical distancing sorts of um, this new way of being. So there's this conversation, should we postpone? Should we wait and um, wait to celebrate Easter until we can actually be in the same space again? To wait until we can sing the hallelujah chorus in the same room together again. And I had an immediate and a visceral reaction, which was no, no, we are not gonna postpone Easter. And for me, it's connected, I think, partly to why I love Mark's version of the Easter story so much um, and why I'm, particularly glad that it is our gospel for this particular global pandemic year. I love Mark's gospel because resurrection enters in the real messiness of life. Uh, it comes um, and is received by fear and by confusion and by doubt and uncertainty and speechlessness it's not all tidy and orderly and prepared and ready. The women leave the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them. And resurrection in Mark's gospel comes in the midst of that mess. And that's why I couldn't bear the thought of postponing the celebration of Easter until everything is right again. Because I'm not sure when everything's gonna be right again, but also um, Easter doesn't need everything to be right. It comes, it comes regardless. The women leave the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them. And those words, terror and amazement, they're translated in a variety of ways in a variety of translations. 
Um, but the Greek words, the root words, are the, are the root words for our English words. In fact, they sound like trauma and ecstasy. So whether it's terror and amazement or trauma and ecstasy, what we know is that the news of the resurrection comes to the women and they have some big emotions about that. And they have a big range of emotions about that. Um, and that is certainly something we're experiencing in this world is some big emotions all around us and within us. And uh, sometimes not even conscious of how big this stuff is until a little thing sets me off and I didn't realize um, that I was carrying something so big within me. I love how untidy Mark's Easter story is, how in process it is, how real it is, and how scandalous it is. It was so scandalous, this ending of Mark, that people tried to fix it <laughs> by writing a different ending or a new ending. And in pretty much every Bible out there, you can look at the Bibles on your shelves, it'll show you a couple of alternate endings of Mark, but they'll be in brackets or there'll be a little asterisk and there's a little footnote and it'll talk about ancient authorities and all of that. But really those, those fixer endings um, are not, they're not authentic to the most original text of Mark. The most original text of Mark was so scandalous that people set out to fix it but Mark is not compelled to resolve it all for us um, or offer supposed proof of the resurrection by telling stories of Jesus's appearance after his resurrection. So in each of the other gospels, we get these post-resurrection appearances where the disciples or others encounter Jesus um, in bodily form, form. And Mark doesn't feel any compulsion to give those to us. Um, instead, he just tells us the real and true story of God meeting us in our fear and being so totally okay with our fear and with God meeting us in our fear that he even allows it to be the last word, the very last word of his gospel. And that is, that is good news, that God meets us in our fear right where we are. And that is okay. But remember, my sermon in a sentence is, fear is not the last word. You are. So after that exploration of fear perhaps being the last word, it turns out that when you look at the Greek, the Greek text, that the last word is not afraid. The last word in Mark's Greek text is a very small word that means for or yet, or therefore. In other words, it's a preposition. It's sort of just a dangling preposition out there at the end of the sentence. And grammar nerds, anybody a grammar nerd uh, in our Zoom church? Grammar nerds have a lot of things that they like to have fun debates about. Um, uh, nitpicking things like the Oxford comma that can, you know, spark hours of energized and amped up debate about whether it's good or not. Well, another one of those grammar nerd uh, conversations debates is, uh, is around ending a sentence in a preposition. So amateur grammar nerds like me think, oh yeah, no, I learned you're not supposed to do that. That's not okay. But apparently there's this whole thing in grammar nerd circles about whether it's okay to end a sentence in a preposition. Um, uh, Zach is for the Oxford comma. I am too. Thank you. Um, we agree. 
uh, it is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, Uh, so ending a sentence with a preposition, is it okay? Sometimes, never, always, if sometimes under what conditions? Yes, we could have a whole thing on this. I can see people chiming in on the chat and I see heads moving and yes. Well, regardless of where you land on that question, can we all agree that it's maybe not the strongest or the best move to end your whole gospel with one? like to write, take the time to write a whole gospel about Jesus and then to end with four, dot, dot, dot. It's very anticlimactic. <laughs> Fear is not the last word. You are. Now, some have suggested, and for one, I heard this week a pastor friend share that a seminary professor of his suggested that Mark is perfectly constructed to be read on a loop so that that dangling preposition at the end of four, dot, 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 well, then you just go back to the first verse of Mark and say, for the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then you just keep going and you can just keep reading the gospel of Mark um, on an endless loop. It's just constructed that way. And it is true. <clears throat> it is true that the women disciples are told to go to Galilee at the very end of Mark. And the question is that whole four dot, 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 dot. The question is, will they? We don't know, except that, of course, we do know. Because by looping around to the beginning, we know that they eventually said something to someone else we wouldn't have Mark's gospel in our hands, right? So we know that they did say something. So there's something to this loop thing that's sort of fun. But even more profoundly, I think that ending Mark's gospel with that preposition, with that dangling preposition, that yet, dot, dot, for, therefore, it opens up the gospel to the world beyond it. It opens up the gospel to its readers, even us 2000 years later. And so then the question becomes with that opening, that opening at the end of the gospel to the world and to the readers, the question is less than, will the women go to Galilee to seek Jesus among the living instead of the dead? But will we? Will we go to Galilee or the metaphorical Galilee to seek Jesus among the living and not the dead? God doesn't come, at least not in Mark's version, God doesn't come with a bang offering the final word of life when all is tidy and in order and when we're totally ready. Instead, God offers this final word of life in the midst of terror and amazement and fear and confusion and doubt and uncertainty, trauma and ecstasy. All we know is that we will not find Jesus in the tomb. God's, somehow God's final, most powerful words are rising up and life and go. These are God's most powerful words for us. Fear isn't the final word. You are. So we don't have to have it all figured out or understood. 
We just have to go to our own metaphorical gal leaves and figure out um, both individually and then as households and then collectively as a community of faith with one another, how we will bear witness to God's final words of rising up and life and go. How are we going to bear witness to God's word of life in the midst of the messiness of life, in the midst of this, in, in the midst of this, this meeting by Zoom on Easter Sunday morning, whoever could have imagined this world. But in the midst of this world, God still speaks life. And how will we bear witness to that life? How might we speak life? How might we offer life, witness to life, embody life in Galilee and beyond? Fear is not the final word. You are. I am. We are. Thanks be to God. For our time of prayer this morning, let us take in a breath. <sighs> take in another breath. Oh, let it out with a sigh. I want to offer a cleanse this morning, a cleanse for our world and for our community that is so much, so much. <sighs> waiting for something different, waiting for healing, waiting for wholeness again. And so I have with me um, some sage that I'm going to burn. So that the smoke can cleanse the earth, can cleanse the sick bodies, the ways that people are struggling, that we can be cleansed and freed from this uncertain time, this infection. We are infected. This world is infected. Let us breathe into that. And we know that everything is not right as Megan said, but are grateful that Easter does not need everything to be right for us to have hope. So reminder that you can use the chat for naming your prayers that I will read aloud during this time. God who dwells in the balance of our terror and our awe. We come expecting what is knowable, tangible, and are met with an empty uncertainty. We trust you to send your spirit to inhabit the space before us and between us so that as we raise our prayers in faith, they will be met by the love of a risen Christ. 
we give thanks and pray for protection for all on the front lines, treating and caring for people in this community. We are so grateful for our hospital workers. Hold them in your care. We are grateful too for the workers and volunteers at God's Little Laker, all of whom are putting themselves at risk to care for the most vulnerable folks in our community. God, we pray with Carl and Devon in gratitude for the supportive community and the grace of God experienced through the restorative time spent in the garden, the workshop, and with each other. May you continue to grant them grace and peace as they live with a declining energy, Devon, while Devon experiences cancer, the end of her life. With Bill and Pat, we are grateful for the healing Joy Shaver is experiencing after her brain surgery and for Pat's presence with her as she has recovered. We pray that she will continue to recover smoothly without Pat's companionship. God, together we pray with expectancy along with Christy and Samuel. They are anticipating a scheduled induction this week. May the baby come soon. We also want to hold Lee Murray and her family in prayers today as they mourn the death of her mom who died this morning. We are so grateful that Lee was able to make it to Pennsylvania last night to be with her mom in the last moments. We pray that you prepare them today to be with their dad. Bring comfort to the family this day. And for prayers on the chat with Anna, Lena, and Mark, that Mark's last chemo treatment is tomorrow. We do not know what will come next. We're grateful that the chemo has been smooth and we just pray that uh, there'll be good results. We pray with Isaac Blosser, that his grandmother, who is in recovery in the nursing home, we wish her to be home soon. She is feeling lonely amidst the no visitor policy. With Nancy Chop, we pray for the incarcerated people across the country, particularly Monroe Correctional Facility and the Northwest Detention Center. Please protect folks, grant better solutions than, than the close quarters in those prisons. 
We pray with Micah for the people with coronavirus. For with Sarah Oyer as her mother and all other elderly people in retirement communities and nursing home, homes are lonely and in a vulnerable environment. With Julie Van Pelt, we pray for her parents, Jake and Marilyn Van Pelt. We pray, we pray for healing comfort as Julie's mother is dealing with diverticulitis and is the primary caregiver for Julie's dad. We pray with Annalena for the Fiji family. Their daughter Charlotte died this week. She was 13 years and has the same Dravet syndrome that Magnus has. We pray with Mary, help her and all teachers with the treadmill of online learning, which seems to be speeding up regardless of our capability. We pray with Emily Miller for her father, who is in the hospital with a mix of challenges. This is Chase's father. We pray with Sarah for the grocery store workers, the agricultural workers, the truckers and workers in warehouses, especially undocumented workers, all vital workers who continue to work without protections. We pray with Andy and Joyce's family, Wes Yoder's dad who has transferred to hospice care and for a safe drive to Missouri for Kate and Wes. For all who are now without jobs and income, for everyone living alone, for kids everywhere adjusting to homeschooling and big changes in their daily lives. With Jean Sloniker, we offer thanksgiving for the four bodies that are in this space, Dave, Jean, Jan, and Sergio. We're thankful for Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, so that we all may continue in some way on our typical daily events, which are atypical. <laughs> in this way and our ability to celebrate Easter separately yet together. Thank you for the gospel of Mark. For the generosity of food banks and those in the need in the midst of stockpiling and hoarding of food, we give thanks for our, with Annalena and Mark for their double celebration yesterday of Magnus's birthday and on Elena and Mark's anniversary. Congratulations. Let us celebrate together. May the spirit of God who goes before, who follows at our back. 
who breathes within each of our bodies and dwells in the body of the church. Be our comfort and our companion. In the name of the risen Christ, we pray. Amen. Oh, amen and amen. I know that more of you have prayers to share of thanksgiving and of longing. And um, be assured that if you continue to put those in the chat box, those will be included in our e-communicator this week so that we can all share in the prayer and prayers of longing and prayers of thanksgiving. We had anticipated having communion together this Easter Sunday, having fasted through our Lent season from communion. We were going to have a celebration. We regret not being able to do that in person. It seems that our fast is going to be lasting a little bit longer, but we also trust that Jesus Christ is present in every meal that we share uh, with those around a table or that we share in our families of one. Uh, our food is blessed and we receive nurture in other ways, including this time of gathering as community um, when all our faces are in little squares. Christ is here, Christ is risen, and Christ is present indeed. Thanks be to God, we are blessed by different kinds of gifts. And we do still want to bless our offerings. And Pastor Jonathan is gonna say something about our offerings this morning. This morning we wanna bless the work of our collective group of partners that we share our resources with. As you will remember, we committed to an increase in our partnership giving in 2020 to $50,000 this year. And we had planned back in March to have a couple of adult forums to, to talk about that together and do discernment about that together, which we missed out on, obviously. And uh, But also feeling during this COVID season that a lot of the nonprofits that we do support and have supported are are being faced with increased demands. Uh, their uh, ability to fundraise is being compromised. And so Just Peace Council um, discerned over the last couple of weeks to at least start to move some of the money. <laughs> we have to move the money to where it's needed. And so we sent out checks to all of our partners from 2019 at our 2019 funding levels. And we added a couple of, of extra um, gifts to new organizations who are really um, really working hard in this season. Number one being um, the North Helpline Food Bank and Emergency Services in, in Lake City, which is seeing increased demand. And so we, we sent them um, $1,250 and also uh, sent um, $1,250 to a project being promoted by the Northwest Immigrant Rights Project, which is um, crowdfunding to support undocumented workers who are unable to access any sort of government help. Uh, in this season. And both of these gifts we are also applying to Everins for matching funds to total $2,500 to each of those organizations. And so we will come back for an, a further discussion when we can to talk about the rest of the money, but just know we're moving money and uh, to where it's needed and we're grateful for the generosity of this church to be able to do that. Indeed, God blesses these gifts and all of the ways that we're giving. And of course, um, you may continue to give through our website. And uh, I'm sure someone will share that, uh, that link, but also just go to the SMC website. There's a donate button right on the front there. We are going to close our time of worship with a sung benediction. 
again, we're, we're going to sing together number 275, and you can see it there on your screens. And also, if you have a hymnal, you can open that up. And again, Robin is going to lead us in song before we receive a benediction and, uh, and move into our time of fellowship. Lift your glad voices in triumph on high, for Jesus hath risen, and we shall not die. Vain were the terrors that gathered around him, and short the dominion of death and the grave. He burst from the fetters of darkness that bound him, resplendent in glory, to live and to save. Loud was the chorus of angels on high, the Savior hath risen, and we shall not die. Glory to God in full anthems of joy, the being he gave us doth cannot destroy. Sad were the life we may part with tomorrow, if tears were our birthright and death were our end. But Jesus hath cheered the dark valley of sorrow, and bade us immortal to heaven ascend. Lift then your voices in triumph on high, for Jesus hath risen, and we shall not die. I think, inspired by the call to raise our glad voices, we need to do another round of alleluias to close ourselves out. So I'm going to unmute everybody. And you are all invited again to share and sing and shout your alleluia together. before I muted everybody. Indeed, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. And it is clear to me that Easter arrives, whether we want it to or not, and that fear is indeed not the last word, but you are, and we are together. Uh, and I think uh, we're going to stop our recording and